Welcome everyone to the Reflection Artist Live podcast hosted by myself, Justin Lobato. Set your calendars to tune in every Wednesday at 12 p.m. Eastern Time or 9 a.m. Pacific Time where I will be bringing you industry spotlight interviews live from my active detail shop or an industry event. So if you're curious about who is who and what is what in the detail industry, don't forget to subscribe and tune in every Wednesday for some of the most exclusive interviews. Okay, so, all right, we are officially live. Today is Wednesday, January 12th. Uh, This is Reflection Artist Live number 59 with special guest Levi Gates, who is a brand development manager for the RAG company. Uh, you may have seen his face, uh, you know, throughout the energy industry, <laughs> energy of the industry that he brings. Yeah. But uh, throughout the past couple of years, he's been involved with detailing for 25 years. He's ran his own shop. He's been a supervisor at other shops to help manage them. And of course, just being involved in the industry in the past seven plus years and, you know, being involved with IDA. So he plays a big role, wears a lot of hats. So just want to dive in for those that don't know who Levi is uh, and or who, you know, those who do maybe get to know him a little bit better, of course. So Levi, thank you on behalf of Buff and Shine and being on the Reflection Artist podcast and let us know how you got into the wonderful world of detailing and where it all started. <laughs> well, thanks, Justin. I appreciate it. I'm excited to finally be on the show and get to do this with you. Uh, so yeah, like, like you said, I, I work for the rag company and uh, it's one of those situations that I just kind of fell into um, to start to start my story. I've been a detailer. I like to say I've been a detailer my whole life. My parents started detailing uh, to make a little sec- extra side money when they were first married. Um, my dad has always been a jack of all trades, master of none. He's built, builds custom furniture. He flips houses. He builds hot rods. He does. I mean, my dad, my dad can pretty much do anything and everything. Um, and so when they first got married, he started uh, detailing cars and making a little money. And I remember hearing a story that when I was born, my parents had just bought their first brand new car. They bought a Datsun 510 and they, uh, my dad loved that little car. And he said, my mom's water broke in the on the passenger seat and in the carpet of the car while he was driving to the hospital now for those of us now that have been in the detail industry for a very long time when you have a brand new car the car was like three months old when i was born so for my dad here's his first brand new car and there's amniotic fluid all (laughs) over the carpets and seats so he drops my mom off at the uh at the uh hospital gets her checked in. He says, while they're waiting, he's itchy. Like, he's like, I I don't know how long we're going to be. I don't know what this is going to do. I got to get back over to the, there's a gas, there's a car wash down the street with a shop (laughs) with a wet dry vac. If I can at least get it sucked out and throw some towels down, then it, then I can, uh, you know, have a better chance. Cause you never know. I mean, you know, you've got yeah. kids. Weather Sometimes tech wasn't not... around back then. So right. <laughs> yeah. So, and you don't know, my daughter took my daughter when, from the time we got to the, ho- the, the, the hospital to the time she came out was 12 hours and oh. that 12 hours flies by. Right. So, yeah. and I'm sure it was the same with your kids. So yep. it's like, you don't know that time limit you're going to be there. So my dad was like freaking out. Cause he's like, this is going to get, it's going to get bad. So he literally told my mom, 
I'll be right back. And he remembered there was a car wash half a mile down the road from the hospital. He hopped in the car, drove over there as fast as he could. And then he goes, it was the fastest extraction I'd ever done. He goes, I got him out. He goes, I had towels in the trunk. I put them down on the seats. I drove back to the hospital. I cracked the windows and I let it sit. And I thought I'll shampoo him after the baby's born. Like, let's just get this done. And as he's walking back into the hospital, my grandparents walk up, his parents, and they had stopped and gotten milkshakes at the local drive-in because they're, you know, they had called them and said, hey, there, here comes the baby. So they meet him. So my dad walks back upstairs and he walks in first into the room with a milkshake. And my mom goes off on him thinking that he left her to go get a milkshake. Oh my gosh. And he's trying to explain oh. it. No, my parents, they just, they got this. They've got one. I got one for you, but I forgot. Let me go get it from my mom. Like it's not. And so anyway, so I came into this world <laughs> I to totally a detailer, to a detailer lifestyle, basically. So um, then they started detailing cars. My mom jokes that she's the one that taught me how to wax cars because they would carry me. She would put me in a, you know, front pack or backpack as they would work on cars on the weekends. And so she said that, you know, she'd be trying to wax a car and I'd be on the front pack getting my hands in the wax and her having to try and get it off me and all that kind of stuff. So that was that was how I kind of grew up. That became my chores when I was a kid was I had to wash and wax the cars um, instead of, you know, I mowed lawns too, but like take the dog out, take the trash out, wash and wax the car every week if you want your allowance. So what were the... Uh... Back then in that time frame, what were the services like? What were you guys doing as far as the service lineup? Not not necessarily you guys particularly, but maybe no, my that parents. time frame. Yeah. Yeah. So my dad uh, charged $35 and he would, this would have been early 80s. Um, I was born in 1980 and uh, my dad would charge uh, anywhere from uh, about $35 to $40 and he would wash, wax, dress the tires, vacuum the carpets and uh, detail, you know, clean the dash and door panels and things like that. Um, he never really shampooed stuff. They're very simple, basic services for a lot of those cars back then. Uh, he could buff out scratches. He had an old Milwaukee rotary uh, that was a beast and it probably weighed about 25 pounds. And he taught me how to use it at 16 because I decided to wash he had a 1985 Toyota Supra that was black and he had taught me the week before how to wash uh, using Comet, how to wash oxidation off of single stage. And so we washed one of our pickups with that, that my dad collected old Chevy trucks. That was his thing. Uh, and so we're washing the oxidation off with Comet and scouring green scouring pads. And he's like, we're going to, we're basically wet sanding this, but it's going to, we're going to wash it this way. It's going to get a lot of the heavy oxidation off and then we'll go out and we'll polish it. And, uh, I thought I got to get my allowance. I got to wash and wax my dad's Supra. I should use some Comet. Sounds great. I'm 16. I think this is a good idea. And I proceed to wash his clear coated black Supra with Comet. Uh, and, uh, I then see all the scratches that I've put in the car and my dad comes home and sees all the scratches that I put in his car. And that's when that rotary popped out and he hands it to me and goes, you're getting all of those out and here's how you use it. And oh, okay. uh, so at 16, I started, I learned how to use a rotary um, and I didn't burn anything, but 
that's it. That was a big machine. It was an unruly machine. Um, and uh, that was it. Then I went and got a job at a car wash at 17, 16, 17, right down the street here, literally half a mile away where I work now, which is really freaky uh, <laughs> that I'm that 25 years later, I'm, I'm, I'm just down the street from where I started. So uh, that's always kind of fun. But I got a job there washing cars. It was a full service car wash. We did express detailing. So that's where I learned how to shampoo carpets for the first time. Um, so we did just express hand waxes. I remember learning from the detailer there that was the charge. And he was like, all right, bro, we're going to we're going to wax this. It came back in. It got washed. It's coming in. We're going to do a quick hand wax. And then when we pulled it out, it was covered in wax dust because we're using cotton terry towels and stuff oh, and he's like let's just run it through the car wash again and knock all the dust off and then we'll just dry it off and it'll be good i didn't know we were washing all the wax we had just put on the vehicle but uh through all that time from when i started till i was older the only products my dad ever used were pro products so pro car beauty that was what he bought here locally and that's what he used. So that's kind of what I grew up with. And then yeah. there was another company that was making products locally. They were white labeling and it was called Bates Auto Beauty. And Bates was buying all of his products from PNS. So I had been using, so that was my dad's cabinet was Pro and PNS. So, and I didn't know that until I ran into Spike Bates one day. He came here to the rag company to buy some towels, this 85 year old detailer. And he just knew me as a Gates. And so as my dad's son, <laughs> he always remembered me from when I was a little kid. And he was like, when did you guys start selling PNS? And I said, well, we've been selling the double black line and blah, blah. And he goes, I, they've been making products for me, you know, for years. He goes, that was, he goes, I've been with business with them for almost 30 years making products. So and I was like, whoa, I grew up on those. So that's crazy. So it's kind of one of those things that I didn't, didn't realize at the time. So that's cool. That's really yeah. Cool. So then I moved from the car washes. Uh, as after I left the car wash, I went to uh, a dealership detail shop. Um, started doing a little more learning reconditioning. Then I moved to another car wash, ran their detail shop. Then I moved to another uh, car wash, ran their detail shop, and then I got into a detail shop, uh, and I was there for almost ten years. Uh, I got there in about two thousand three, and I left in. 2011. Um, that shop was a production detail shop that at the height of uh, the business itself, it's still around, it's a great detail shop. Um, but at the height, we were doing, we had 25 employees and we were doing about 30 cars a day and it's dealership detailing. And that's where I learned my speed. And that's where I learned an efficiency on what things can get clean, what things can't. And I joke, that's where I've got, I put my miles in under my belt in terms of the number of cars I've detailed. Um, that was a piece rate job, which is brutal. If anybody knows, that's, that's brutal. You know, we were starting at $35 a car. That's what we were getting paid. And we were charging 150 to the dealerships. And we were doing three-stage cut and polishes. We were doing yeah. Rotary in every car. We were doing full bore stuff. I mean, stuff that I look back now and I go, I would be charging a thousand to fifteen hundred to even do what I was doing to these dealership cars for 150 bucks. You know. Yeah, uh, back in 2008 when I got involved with detailing, the 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 previous owner who I 
adapted the business from or bought it from. He yeah. was doing a lot of dealer work and it was more wholesale work to say, not the dealership directly. Guys yeah. flipping cars that had really good businesses in that time frame. And yeah, it was a buck and a quarter, maybe a buck fifty if we were lucky. Yeah, if you were lucky. And they expected the world inside, outside, engine, this, that. And it was just, and you didn't think nothing of it because you really didn't yeah. know the difference. That was the common denominator, right? For everything. Yeah. yeah. But, and everybody yeah. did it. All yeah. other detail shot. No one was doing these custom stuff. No one was doing these, you know, no one was doing ceramic coatings. No, there wasn't the industry that there is now no. for the detailer. Um, you'd have, you had a guy on a truck and the guy on the truck for me was Tom Smith who owns Buff Bright. Oh, um, very cool. So Tom was my guy on the truck. He showed up every Monday at every location. Tom was my only source of education at the time. Cause we had, we had the forums, but I was never a big computer guy at the time. So I never sat and looked at forums. And when I was off at five, I was off at five, right? Yeah. I wasn't, I didn't eat, sleep and breathe detail. And I just did it cause I was good at it. And I enjoyed it. It was one of those jobs I could keep doing and didn't get burned out, so to speak. So um, Tom Smith became my, he was my, if I had a question about a product, if I had a question about a technique or anything that was I was having an issue with, I'd call him, I'd go over to his house. I, there were many late nights we'd be showing, he'd be showing me a new product. And he really helped me grow into who I am today. Um, he was my, he was my education, basically. That was how I, how I got better. Um, and any question I had, he at least had an answer or he'd find an answer. Um, that was when, you know, basically once I got out of that shop, I ran that shop for like 10 years. And then I had, I got approached by two guys, basically two dealers that owned a dealership, their partners. One of them I'd been friends with for 20 years. The other one I had only known just as a, cause I'd pick up cars and detail them from him. And I had only known him for a couple of years, but I thought they're, you know, they were good guys. My 20 year friend, I, I yeah. was down with for him. And uh, he goes, Hey, remember when we talked about starting a detail shop? And I said, yeah, he goes, and he called me one night I was driving home and I said, yeah. And he goes, you want to do that still? And I said, yeah. And he goes, I just rented a building. Do you want to start tomorrow? And I said, what? And he goes, you build me a detail shop. I make you a partner. The three of us start detailing cars out of here. You know, you detail for my dealership and my dealership only. And then you do whatever the hell you want. But so that's what we did. So I walked in and told my wife and she was like, wait, so it's kind of your own business. And I said, no, it, it is my business. I just have two partners. But they're let, you know, I only have to detail one dealership and that dealership specialized in suburbans of all things. <laughs> That's one thing they sold really well. So I was like, uh, and I remember telling one of my buddies and he goes, man, they only sell suburbans. That means you're only going to detail suburbans for them. And I said, well, or only you know, drive one <laughs> or only drive one, which is what I have now. So uh, and I was like, I, I don't, that doesn't, it doesn't matter. And that was, but that was the first time. Now I had a business and I got this little two bay shop. It was 1600 square feet. It had a quarter uh, lot, like on a city block. It was a quarter of the city block that was fully fenced in. So I had this massive bullpen area. Um, and so I basically built out an indoor wash bay, an outdoor wash bay. And then I had a, a detail bay and I built it so that 
I could expand it as best I could and uh, still be on that small footprint. And by the time I ran the business for about five years, had a great time. We put out 150 cars a month out of that shop in a mixture of retail details and uh, dealership work. Um, I had a very small dealer network. If you don't mind me asking, what, what, what were you looking at per month on your gross revenue for that? Uh, we were doing about forty to 50000 a month. So and that was how not, many employees again? That was six employees. So not bad, but not great money. And I was exploring PPF and uh, I had been doing ceramic coatings. And that was, I'd spent two years before I sold the business doing coatings through OptiCoat. And I was the first one in the state of Idaho doing coatings. Um, and that, that was, was that would have been, time for that would have been that was, 2012, 2013. Yep. yep. And uh, I remember I tried to get on with Modesta. I tried to get on with CarPro. Um, Modesta was the shit for a while. That was, I mean, yeah. don't get me wrong. It still is. No, it's, it had yeah. its name like yeah. Ceramic name now. Yeah. Yeah. And Modesta was hard. They were, it was, it was difficult because Cougar was selling it down in Salt Lake. Um, and they were kind of like between Cougar. And then there was someone in Seattle that was selling it. And I was just kind of, I'm eight hours from Seattle, four hours from Salt Lake. So they were like, Hey, you're kind of close. We'll think about it. Um, <laughs> Compared and, to now, right? Where they're stacking yeah. them on each other. You know, right. Yeah. One unit and, away. <laughs> yeah. At the time it was very hard. It was. But I remember, I remember ordering because you had to order the product, then you had to do it on these test panels, and then you had that they would mail you, and then you had to mail the test panels back to Japan to get approved by the, the creators of Modesta to get those things, to get your certification so you could sell it. Or you had yeah. to go to their ModestaCon, which was once a year. Yeah. So it was like, all right, how are we going to do this? Was that... Um, is that not that that wouldn't be necessarily based on high spot because that would be visual. What do they go back and do like a surface reading, a film build to make sure you're I have no idea. I, I have no idea. I just remember wow. reading the whole thing and going like, wow, all right. So <laughs> I I I kept looking. I got on with car, I got car pro, I started testing that, using it, trying to get with Corey to get get me become an installer. Um, and he had issues with my photos, which is fine. Mine but too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't become a car pro installer. So I was that like, was the common right. denominator. your photos are a little blurry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I was like, all right. And now I look back and I'm like, man, the technology back then, we didn't have great cameras. None of us had great cam. Yeah. We had to go buy a fancy camera just to do this. So I thought, no, nah. all right. So that's when I got with OptiCoat. Um, Dan Williams was doing a training in Seattle. And so uh, I was like, that's a piece of cake. We can jump on a plane. Flights are cheap. And so me and Matt Ward, who was at the time my assistant manager, two of us flew up to Seattle, um, took the class. And uh, that's how we got. We had just become authorized installers. And then he said, please come take the class. So we went up, took the class. And that's where I met a lot of folks. Uh, that was the first time I met Shane Mayfield there. Uh, John Clevin, a Metropolitan Detail and, and Steck now. Um, and uh, uh, met a bunch of guys up there that it was great. It was kind of like, I'm still friends with all those detailers now that I met that very first uh, training class that I did. Um, and then uh, that was also when I had started 
that was right when I started working with the rag company. Um, at the time, I was looking for towels. I needed, if I was going to be bringing on these higher end services, I had been using for years, just cost Kirkland Signature 80-20 yellow towels because that's yeah. what you had. And the white cotton mm-hmm. terries. So I'd buy cotton terries to do interiors and everything else. And then I'd use the Kirklands to remove wax and polish and sealant. And that was what I, that was how we did it. The go-to. Um, yeah. And then blue huck surgical huck towels for interior for windows. Um, and so I thought, man, if I'm going to get into these coatings, if I'm going to start raising these prices, I, I got to find ways, you know, I got to get better stuff. I got to get, I got to really make an effort here. And so I started looking for towels and found, you know, three different brands. Auto fiber was an auto fiber. Then it was microfiber tech. Uh, I was in San Diego with Ian and then, uh, Corey was selling microfiber madness and the rag company. And I thought, huh, so only three companies in the U S really distributing high-end microfiber. So I started looking at each one. And then I remember one morning I walked in, I got on my laptop, typed in the rag company again, and it popped up their Instagram link. And I clicked on it because the picture, they only had like five pictures on their Instagram page at the time. It was very, it was brand new. The company had started, had just been recently purchased and uh, had from it by the current owners, Jeff and Carolyn, and Dane had just started the Instagram page. And I noticed the reflection of a logo and the reflection of the window was downtown Boise. And I was oh. like, that's weird. Typed in Rag Company again in Google and it popped up the address and the address was their actual house because they were running it out of their garage at the time and it was a few miles down the road and i was like this is weird i'd get on their website super (laughs) professional website and i was like all right email send a support question email jeff hey weird question do you have a storefront i've got i see your website i see the the house on google you know maps like what what do you can i come see your storefront do can i if it's a garage, I don't mind. Can I come check out some towels? And he said, he wrote me back instantly and was like, oh my gosh, yes. We just moved into our first retail location uh, and they had moved out of the garage and into like a little 3000 square foot shop. And so that's how I went and met them. We spent three hours that day at the rag company, me and my crew, I brought four guys with me and we sat and just devoured this information that Jeff had about microfiber. We learned weaves, we learned blends, we learned, and I was like, holy cow. Like we walked out of there. I spent like 250 bucks on towels. We walked out and we were freaking out because we realized we still had like three cars that we had customers showing up. And it was like two (laughs) o'clock in the afternoon. We're like, dudes, we got people showing up at five. We got to get back and get those cars done. And so we all hustled back, got the cars knocked out. And my little brother, he had been working for me at the time. And he goes, hey, where'd you guys go? I got these cars prepped, but I, he never called me. And he goes, where'd you go? And I said, oh, we went down to the rag company. They got all these towels. They got tons of microfiber product. Like they're even selling Optimum, like totally crazy. And uh, he goes, oh yeah, Dane, Dane Hennon. <laughs> I, I, went I went to high school. I went to high school with him. And I was like, <laughs> you've worked for me for a year. <laughs> You've been using microfiber towels for a year. You didn't think at once at any time to tell me that there's a company that your buddy's parents just bought yeah. that's down the road. Oh, shit. So, I remember you telling me that. that was, yeah, yeah. It's like, <laughs> thanks. 
go wash a car. Like, you know, it was one of those. It's like, yeah, I really garbage, go wash you. a car. <laughs> Thank you for helping me in this situation. But that's that's oh. how family, you know, my sister would would do that where she'd be working for, she was a nanny for a number of years and she'd be working for a customer and they'd go, man, my car's a mess. I need to get it detailed. And she'd go, yeah. And not once go, you should call my brother because he's got a detail shop and he'll detail your car. That'd be great. He'll give you, I'll, I'll get you a deal. You know, just that kind of stuff. That's pretty normal for my family. So, yeah. uh, so I, uh, so we got, got in with the rag company and that's when I started buying towels. Matt and I started going and having lunch at the rag company almost every day for a week, just learning everything we could about. I was so fascinated by it. And that was how the relationship that I built with Jeff and Carolyn and Dane uh, at the time was just because I became a regular. That's how I met Sydney Gwynn. She was a regular there at the rag company um, where she would come in and buy towels. And they'd always, we were always two ships passing in the night. And so Jeff would be like, oh, you got to meet Levi to Sydney. And then I'd walk in and go, oh, you just missed Sydney. She was just here. You got to meet her. Um, and so that was how, that was how we, you know, learned about each other. Um, I knew she had a shop in, in, uh, uh, up in Hidden Springs, just up the hill. And uh, I had customers that would, that lived up there that would use her. Um, but she wasn't doing heavy detailing at the time. She was just starting out doing, she was doing a lot of washes and, and interior cleans. She wasn't doing a lot of heavy stuff. So they would get their car maintenance by her and then they would bring them down to me and get them fully detailed and stuff. So, nice. um, it was kind of a, a, I knew of her and knew of her services. So, um, but that was how I got in with the rag company. It was just, I started showing up, just buying products, hanging out with them. Uh, getting to know them as a business, as a, as a family and getting to learn them. Uh, then one day, Jeff and I, gosh, we started, he, he basically said, we got to shoot some videos. Would you mind being in it? We'd love to use your shop as a spot. Uh, it coincided with, with Ivan coming down to do, uh, to do some stuff. So we shot the first few videos at night in the garage at their place. And then we said, man, this just doesn't really work. So let's do it at my detail shop. And so those first series of optimum videos we did in my detail shop. Um, and we hired a team from Capitol High School, the local video team, uh, the, the, the AV club, basically, to come. And uh, they got extra credit. And uh, we worked them till probably two in the morning, these high school kids holding cameras and microphones. And that was how we shot those first series of videos was just with a whole crew of teenagers um, the teacher for that department, uh, is now our main employee, one of our, our main employees here, Gabe Garcia. He was a family friend of the, of the Hennens. And they were like, well, let's call Gabe, see if we can get some of his students. Cause that he's a teacher and we'll see. And that's how we did it. And so, um, we started it very simply and easily, but, it's kind of grew and it's grown and it's continued to grow. But a lot of it has always been this ethos of, We'll just do it ourselves. Yeah. Let's figure out who we can talk to that knows enough to point us in the right direction. And so to make videos, we called Gabe, who at the high school, he was teaching this to his high school students on how to live stream football games and basketball games Little and, did they and know baseball that games, you they know, were learning a, a trade that they could take away from those videos and make and some three money. Of those, three of those students are our employees here now which is crazy. So there are editors, there are editors here at the rag company. Um, 
And, they and that's one on of those. Cars. And they get to work on cars and they get actual, it's like that we keep explaining to them, like, you guys, this is, this people go to college for this and then get this job. You guys are right out of high school and doing this job because of the way this world works now. So, but that was, that we did that for, gosh, probably about a year uh, doing videos. And then uh, Jeff and Carolyn started using me for customer uh, service requests. So I'd be detailing cars in my shop. I'd get a call from Carolyn or Jeff. Hey, quick question. Got a customer on the phone, wants to know what's the best towel for this product because they weren't detailers. Yeah. And at the time when they bought the company, it was a very, um, detailing wasn't a large segment of the company. There was detailing, Jansan, health and beauty, spa. They had been making a number of different towels. And so- and that's, uh, that's something good that you touched on because a lot of people only recognize the rag company, obviously for our industry with detailing, but mm -hmm. they've catered to so many other industries prior to this being such a big sector, like you just mentioned. Yeah. Well, and the company was started by a little old lady and her husband, you know, microfiber has been in the U S since the mid sixties, but it's been in the U S as, as what people know as Alcantara, uh, a microfiber suede. Um, it wasn't, in towel form, it didn't enter the US in towel form till 94. And that's when it started getting a little traction. And this, this old lady, Bev, that owned the rag company, in 99, she started the rag company. She went to a cleaning conference and saw this miracle towel, fell in love with it, thought it was a cool thing to sell. So she started, she created the relationships with her factories. She created the designs and the plans of everything she wanted to do. She named the company, the rag company. And she created her own website and she was retired. And this became her retirement gig. Her and her husband did this out of their garage, but she created her website. She put a phone in her garage. She did all this stuff and would just run this company. And she had, when Jeff and Carolyn bought the company from her because she had gotten sick and, and just couldn't do it anymore. They bought it from her. She had the Wynn Hotel. She had the Conrad. She had the Mark. She had the W. She had the Ritz Carlton. She had Tesla. She had all these major accounts that she was supplying towels to. And it, it was just, it was crazy. This little lady in her garage had built this entire industry, this, this entire brand and built it. And then Jeff and Carolyn got it. And then they were like, let's try and see what we can do with this. Let's, let's start playing around with this company. And so it was build a social media. Let's try some videos. Let's try this. Let's try that. Um, and like I said, it was, it, it hit a bunch of different industries at the time. It was when they started seeing an increase in detailing and more and more phone calls, more and more requests from detailers asking about towels. And I think that was kind of just that trend. People were starting to learn, you know, the internet was a lot more accessible. Videos were a lot more accessible. People started seeing through social media, the best towels, you know, that was, if you remember just that's time when Instagram really took off. Yeah. And that was when we started seeing what other detailers were doing. We could, we could see what other guys were using, what are their products. And I think that caused a big level of validation for a lot of us who maybe were always alone. Didn't know if our work was ever good enough. We knew we were a good detailer, but we didn't know if we could stack up against, you know, the greats um, in the industry. But then you start seeing, you're like, I'm going to try that combo. That guy posted and here's a shot. I'm going to try that combo on that same type of paint. Wow. I got the same results. Huh? He's using a different type of, maybe I should, I should look at my towels. Maybe my towels are what's scratching and causing these issues. I'm not yeah. washing my towels correctly. 
You know, I'm not cleaning them correctly. I'm not doing the things that maybe I should do that. You know, people started learning. And I think that's what really pushed the brand and the business into this to now our market shares of our business is 80% automotive detailing. Um, and it, but it was at one time, 15%, 20%. So I was doing this customer service because nobody at the rag company at the time was a detailer. So I was the closest person they could call. And it got to a point where every day, all day long, I was fielding phone calls for the rag company while detailing cars in my business. And I remember having a conversation with Jeff and Carolyn saying, this is kind of hard to do because I still have my customers calling, yeah. looking to schedule appointments, get all stuff. I was on the phone nonstop and it got to a point where I couldn't even detail a car. I couldn't work because I was just stuck in my office helping customers. So I said, can some of these questions get put in an email and then I'll log in to that email and I'll sign up on a digital time clock or whatever. And you guys can just pay me, but I'll go through and I'll knock all those out. You know, in my free time in the evenings, I promise I'll get back to them that day, but this is just taken up to, I'm, I can't run my business and do this job. This is becoming too much of a job. And I think we were probably about 20 hours a week at that point. Um, and Jeff and Carolyn were like, totally not a problem. Here we go. So they were super accommodating. Uh, they'd still call every once in a while after they had a person on the line that they really needed to help mm. out. And that was fine. Um, but that's when Jeff goes, Hey, I, uh, I got to go to a California meet with a company. They want to talk towels, but I don't know the products that they want to use. Do you know the products? I said, yeah, I got an idea about what they use. And that was our first trip together. And on that flight, that's when Jeff said, how do I hire somebody like you to come work here? It's work for me. And I said, well, why don't you just hire me? And he goes, well, I never thought that's a possibility. Uh, and at the time in my detail shop, everything was hunky dory. I mean, we were kicking butt. We were having a blast. We were looking at trying to get into PPF and I had that priced out and figured out my ROI on what all that was going to cost for training and everything. And it meant that I was going to have to expand my shop. It, was gonna, it meant I was going to have to build a bigger shop because it just wasn't going to feasibly work in the space we were in. Yeah. So I started looking for bigger shops in the area. I talked to my landlord who was 100% on board. I will build you whatever you want. No questions asked. I love you guys. I think your business is awesome. I'm in it for the long haul. Do what you want. The problem was our city that we lived in. So we're, I'm in Boise, but then there's a strip, a very thin, maybe a mile wide strip that's 10 miles long called Garden City. And Garden City is on the river. It's beautiful riverfront property, but it was an industrial park and a, uh, for lack of a better term, hobo village for a number of years when the city was in its infancy. So it never really progressed. It became car lots and mechanic shops and junkyards for a number of years, all along this beautiful river. And I loved it because my shop was a block away from the river and I could walk over to the river and walk across a bridge and it's gorgeous. And the river was clean and pretty. And it, it was, it was a really nice spot, but the city changed its rules and said, we are no longer going to have trailer parks. We're no longer going to have automotive repair facilities. We're no longer going to have RV dealerships. We're no longer going to have 
you know, these things. So if you try to start a business of any of those, we're going to deny it. If you want to be a brewery, if you want to be a winery, if you want to be an art gallery, if you want to have some cool tech company come in, sky's the limit, whatever you need to do, we're going to help you out. So the city has under Garden City has undergone a huge change. Uh, it's it's cool. It's a really nice little place now. Yeah. But at the time, culture, it made a change for the most culture part. change, huge yeah. culture change. Uh, now it's awesome. Now I'm kicking myself as to why I didn't buy a couple properties when they were very inexpensive uh, at the time and resell them now. But uh, it basically made it so I couldn't expand my business. They wouldn't approve an expansion on my property. They wouldn't approve uh, me getting a uh, another location or building to suit a new location on, in that area. So that meant I had to move out of the city back into Boise, which is fine. It's, you know, it's, it's, I, that's where I live. So it's not a big deal, but Boise's uh, much more expensive than Garden City. So I was running into a lot of roadblocks. Um, the other thing was my, my uh, Trinity of partners, basically myself and my two business partners, uh, we put in our contract that all three of us had to unanimously agree to move certain items of the business forward. So what ended up happening was me and another partner would agree on a place, a shop or a new location. The other one would go, mm, I don't want to rent a place where I can park my boat and my RV and some other stuff. And I would go like, that's not a business thing you can't that you can't use that as a term but we just started button heads so me and the other guy started button heads pretty hard and it was right place kind of right time for jeff to go how do i how do i get you over here to the rag company is i couldn't build the business any bigger i couldn't grow it without some major moving and things like that uh, luckily though i was able to uh basically sell my shares back to them and I was out and they said, all right, I'm going to go to the rag company now. And that was scary because you're leaving a business that you built. Even if you're getting a little bit of cash, uh, it still, it hurts. It was oh, yeah. a bittersweet moment, even though I was on sweat, the bigger and better, it's a ton of sweat <laughs> equity and the potential for more sweat equity. Yeah. Right. You know, and it's like, am I making the right choice doing this? Am I, you know, and I, I had two mentors that I talked to that are both hugely successful gentlemen. One of them just sold his company to Equifax. And, uh, but I, I talked to both of them because I was, conf I was like, these guys run hundred million, you know, or billion dollar businesses. They're each worth over a hundred million dollars. Uh, themselves, they know something about running a business. And I'm here I am with my little half million dollar business trying to figure out if I'm in the right to do this. And they helped me a lot. And they just, you know, one of them who I'm still friends with, I was supposed to detail his wife's car this weekend out of my garage at home. Um, he was the one that basically said, you've come to this crossroads. I was looking at keeping my business and just running it from afar, basically giving it to my assistant manager, Matt, who had been with me for a better part of a decade and followed me to different shops. Um, he was my right arm. I could trust him. He was, you set your clock to that guy. I could work with him, have him be the manager. He could run the shop. And I just basically signed the checks. 
I thought that's a possibility, but part of my percentage of my focus would always be at that shop. I could work at the rag company, but I wouldn't be fully giving them a hundred percent if I was also trying to run my business. Yeah. And that was, that I felt was not where I wanted to be. My wife and I were looking at buying a car wash, the very car wash in which my dad used the extractor at when I was born. We were looking at buying that car wash. It's a five bay self-serve car wash near our house. And I thought, oh, I could buy the car wash 20 hours a week. My wife and I can run and take care of that, change out the machines and wash the bays and do all that stuff on the evenings and weekends. That's an easy gig. And I'll go work at the rag company. That's when they go, well, the car wash or the detail shop, which one has the potential to make you more money? Which one is the potential of growth to do these things? But also which one takes the most amount of time? Yes, each one only has to take a certain amount of time, but where is your brain going to be? What are you going to be thinking about? So at that, that was when I finally just thought, you know what? I'm just going to clean break both of those. I can always come back to that car wash. The detail shop is going to be a lot more headache because I'm working 100 hours a week in that shop. This job, Bragg Company, maybe 45, 50 hours a week. That's a huge amount of time that I now get to save. I have two small children at home. They're now 10 and 7, but at the time they were uh, 5 and 3 or 5 and 2. And so it was one of those where I was like, the car wash, yes, is less time, but the time I'm going to go do all that stuff, I either have to take time away from my wife or I have to take time away from my children to do that. And so it was like, they're still too little to take them to go do that stuff. They're still too small to, you know, 10 years down the road, that'd be perfect. Hey, bud, go grab that bucket of quarters and bring it over here or go spray out that wash pit. Like it's better when they're older, when Mm -hmm. I can take them and say, let's go do that. I can give them money. But when they're two and four or two and five, it doesn't, it doesn't, that's something I can't do. And I wasn't going to take away that time from my wife because I had already been taking a lot of time. So I couldn't just go, Hey, so I'm going to, some of that time that I I'm getting back by taking this job, I'm actually going to put it over here. So sorry, you're going to get this much time. So it was just like, nope, for my marriage, for my family, for my kids, like, let's just do the rag company. So that's, that's how I got in. And then I started with the rag company and it was nice because I had a hundred percent focus to the rag company. of What do we want to do? Yeah. You're not uh, worried about this going on or a customer having this or whatever the case may be. There's no worries. hundred percent. Yeah. And that was very freeing. It hurt. I mean, it felt like a breakup, man. When I left my shop, it, I was still calling, you know, <laughs> how's everything going today? Yeah. I still Smith had my camera still drop off on Thursday. Like her normal. Yeah. Yeah. I still had my camera. I was still checking on the guys, <laughs> seeing what they were doing. Uh, I still had my login, but it was one of those things where I was like, it, once I realized hundred percent of my focus on the rag company and here's what we're going to do. That's when huge things started happening for us because they now had me there full time to be able to bounce ideas that he had with. We had also just hired Anthony uh, and Anthony came on originally to help Dane edit and shoot videos. And we found out when we did his interview, we're like, holy crap, you used to do marketing for, for a large company. Uh, sweet. 
why don't you start doing some of the stuff here with the three of us? And the three of us just became a unit. And we just said, what can we do? What are we allowed to do? What can we do? And I remember we were the first time we asked Jeff because we've been shooting stuff on our phone and an old GoPro that we had, and that was it. And we asked Jeff for a new GoPro camera. And we said, can we get a new GoPro? And I remember the time him going, hemming and hawing over 600 bucks and going like, oh, we'll see what the company can do, you know? And now I'm in this huge yeah. facility that we built that, uh, you know, has everything and is is an amazing facility. But it's funny to remember the old days when we were just starting out, you know, and it was, can yeah. we borrow one of those? Can we just rent one? What's it going to cost to get that? Can we do that? Seeing you guys grow has been amazing too on the outside looking in, you know, and then being able yeah. to visit and see the facility physically. Yeah. It's like, you know, watching you, watching, you know, you become partners with them and then watching the rag company as a whole with you, Dan and Anthony grow and see the direction that Jeff has allowed you guys to take and put you guys forward to take that direction. Mm -hmm. it, it's been awesome. It's, it's yeah, really it's been cool to watch. Well, and it's one of those things like I'm glad that I was able to give, I look back now and yeah, there are regrets. You have those regrets like, dang it, I should have just kept, you know, but I don't think we would be in the place that we are in now if we hadn't, if I hadn't done that, you know, I look back, there's a reason for everything. And you know, Anthony, yeah. And Anthony, I mean, he had gotten laid off. They were going through massive layoffs and he got laid off and he showed up here and just said, he came to the grand opening of the, <laughs> the first building we have on our complex. And he goes, uh, Hey guys, so I don't have a job. And he was a customer. He'd just buy stuff. He'd show up and hang out for a couple hours on a Saturday and buy some things. And he was like, Hey, if you need anything, I'm free. I don't have a, I'll sweep the floors. You know, he came in that way. And if he hadn't just come in and said, Hey, I'll sweep the floors and I'll come in and, you know, and Dane going, well, you know how to shoot videos that like, why don't you come help me do this? Like maybe we could hire you part-time. And we joke, we hired him part-time for that first day. And then he was full-time after that. So, <laughs> um, but it's all those little things, you know, like if I hadn't, I could have easily told Jeff, when he asked me, hey, I need help on these customer service questions, I could have said, hey, man, I got my own business. I can't help you with that stuff. You know, yeah. I could have said no and just left it at that and said, no, but I'll be in next week and buy some towels. Like I could have done all those things, but it, none of those things would have led up to this relationship or this business or what we've created your or what we've generated. You know, you're a giving yeah. person and you're passionate and, and, you, and, and they kind of you guys vibed already and it's something that you saw up not necessarily opportunity, but you enjoyed the relationship. So it was like, yeah, you could help. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. And I think that's a, that's a lot of it. And I think having, you know, I've always been a very easygoing, simple down to earth person. Uh, and it was, I was fascinated by the towels. I was fascinated by it because I loved learning all about that stuff. And I love learning about new detailing products. And, you know, I, that's something that I always, it always piqued my interest. You know, I never, I graduated high school. I never finished college. Um, and so learning and getting my education in where I could, because I was always very intelligent, um, was the way. And I figured, gosh, if I'm in this industry, I've been in this industry now for this long. 
I need to learn this industry inside and out. I need to learn yeah. everything there is to, to do about it. And I need to learn processes and techniques and pH scale and chemicals and how things cert- how th- certain things work and bond and fuse. And I've had long talks with Dave Phillips about chemistry. I've had long talks with Dr. G on chemistry. And I was a horrible chemistry student in high school. But in my 40s, I'm now learning all that stuff. <laughs> now it piques your interest. Now you're like, yeah, now I'm it's, like, it's what we do. It's who we are right now. Yeah. I'm the same way. It's learn it in and out, like every part of it. At this point, this is who we are. Yeah. This is what yeah. we've become. And, and that's not going to change. I'm not going to take it 40 years old and go and just completely switch lanes and industries and relearn right. the wheel all over again. Yep. Why? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And And I think also... Part of it was I was in a unique position to be in the rag company and have access to all these folks and all of a sudden have this access, but also have this outlet. And that really pushed me in the sense that one thing I always did at my shop was when I'd have Tom stop by and show us a new product or a new tool or whatever, I'd get all my guys to just stop what they were doing. Come on. I got to finish that car. Come on. Let's go check out this. Tom, tell us about this product. Tell us about this. Tell us about that. Because I wanted them to learn. Here's why I'm doing this, because I want to make your lives easier. If I can find a solution to save you time on a detail, it's going to make you more money. And I was piece rating my guys back then, too. Um, and I was, I was taking less money out of the company and giving more of it to my guys. I was char- I was paying $45, $50 a car when I was still charging $150 on the dealer cars. So a good chunk of money was coming out of our overall profit to pay the employees because I wanted to keep my employees and I wanted them to stay and stick around and make some money. And I started paying them yeah. on my, my coding jobs. On a coding job, if it was $1,500, bucks, my, the way I worked it was if I'm paying my guys $50 bucks for every $150, that comes in the door, then that's a $1,500 detail. I'm paying you 10 cars to do it. And if you can get it done in a day, that's good money. And if you can get it done in half a day, that's even better money. And uh, that, my guys, when that kind of, they saw it, they were like, holy crap, all right. And I loved it when they were buying houses, buying cars and, and doing stuff. And so our end of the year sales weren't ever, they were high and our profit was very low, but all my guys were comfortable. All my guys were happy. All my guys yeah. weren't scraping by and, and having a hard go of it. And when customers paid cash, if I had a customer walk in the door on, it was a Friday and they paid 500 bucks cash on a detail. And I had five guys sitting there, hundred dollar bills all around. Like this is a cash deal. Guys, I'm not even going to count this for the back end. You know, we did it. We had a great week. We had a great month or whatever here you go. And so, you know, and I take my guys to breakfast and lunch and all that stuff, you know, on snow days or just any, you know, anything where it's like, let's get out of here. The weather's too nice. Let's go grab some food. Let's go do this, you know? Um, so I always tried to make it a fun place to work. And that was also kind of what was my attitude coming into the rag companies. We just want to have, I want to enjoy the day. I want to have fun doing what we're doing. And if we can help others and that, energy comes across that way to where you enjoy watching a rag company video because you think we're having fun and we're, we're going to have fun with you and you can be a part of it, but you can learn something by all means. Like that's the goal. 
right? That's that's our end game is I'm not trying to sell you anything. No. I'm trying to educate you. And that's our that's our actual motto here at the Rag Company is education first. If I can educate you and teach you the magic of a microfiber towel or how to properly wash your microfiber towel or how to use this compound or how to use bead maker the right way or whatever it is, you don't have to buy it from us. You can go buy it from, you know, detailed image. You can go buy it from detailers. You can go buy, buy it from AutoGeek. You can go buy it. It doesn't matter. You learned it and I helped yeah. teach you that. And that is a huge deal because maybe you'll come back and watch the video. Maybe you'll come back and maybe you'll buy something from me later on, but at least I influenced your life in a positive manner. At least I helped you save money. At least I helped you make more money. At least I taught you a new trick or an efficiency. And that's, that's all it is. At the end of the day, that's all it is. And if, and if you trust me enough to continue to watch me and listen to what I have to say, because I've proven awesome. That's all I need. That's all we need. That's yeah. all any of us need. You know, there's so many different, so many different ways that, that people feel like everyone's out to get them when all of us are just trying to help each other out. And it's harder and harder. And it's those of us that had to deal with it back in the day when detailing was a pretty crummy job. And yeah. you were just a, you know, I remember going to my 10 year high school reunion and guys going, so what do you do? Oh, I'm a lawyer. Oh, what do you do? I'm a doctor. Oh, what do you do? And I went to a private school for high school. And so I went with a bunch of rich kids whose dads were neurologists and dads were cardiologists and they had the big houses and all that. And for me to go, oh, I'm uh, cleaning cars. I remember at 10 years, I felt not great, but not good, right? That was, that would have been 2000. I graduated in 98. So it would have been 2008, you know, the downturn of the market. Yeah. But, yeah. I just, I wash cars, you know, 2018, I'm in my 20-year reunion, and everyone's like, holy crap, dude, I've seen you on YouTube. Holy cow. Man, I started doing, I, I'm actually cleaning my, that's one of my things. That's the way I like to relax. That's how I do this. Oh my gosh, I spent 1500 bucks last month at the rag company. I did this, I did that. There's a girl that I knew in high school. We were in our class together. She works for a microfiber company as well, but they make textiles, microfiber textiles for clothes. So she figures out how to make performance fabrics and how to do. And so she was like, hey, you and I technically do the same job. And I was like, holy crap, that's so that's weird. Awesome. But it was, we started talking and it was, it was one of those things where I was like, man, it's weird how 10 years ago, I was just the dude washing cars. And I got some customers from that, from kids that I went to high school with. And now, oh, you're a brand development manager for, for a major corporation. Cool. Wow. Awesome. Great for you, man. I've been watching your YouTube channel. This is great. So cool. <laughs> By like, the way, I still wash cars. <laughs> yeah, by the way, I'm still washing cars every weekend out of my garage for customers because I have 25 years of customer uh, of customer database that still call me and still say, hey, uh, I know it's been four years since you detailed my car. Are you free? Mm, yeah. Well, not really, but what do you got? Here's a date. And I give it to them sometimes three months out and they're like, yeah, perfect. I'll take it. Lock me in. Yeah. Okay. You're the only person that's touched my car. All right. Cool. Thank you. So... It is, it is very, it's nice to see where our industry is at now. Mm -hmm. And I'm proud to be able to help that growth, I hope. And I hope to continue that growth and make it easier. And I look at like, 
How old are your kids? Four and going to be 17. Yeah. So I look at buying that are 10 and seven, and I look at what can I do to get them started for the next, you know, get them going to where they can learn. My parents yeah. gave me a bit of a foundation by teaching me how to wash and wax cars. Um, and I turned it into something else. It's not everything I ever wanted at the time, but they did what they could do the best way they knew how. So how can I now, with all of this a knowledge in the industry, how do I get these two set up the next way forward? And that's that's kind of my goal now is to show them, one, my work ethic as best I can, show them what I do. They see me in the garage every weekend working on a car. I ask them if they want to come out and help me on stuff. Uh, I try to use all non-toxic biodegradable products uh, with my children because uh, I need them to be able to help me and not have any issues. And I don't want my wife yelling at, what are you doing? Spraying acid, hydrofluoric acid, you know, getting water spots off and the kids are running around. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Why are they understood like that? (laughs) Yeah. Got it. Uh, But so I use, I use a lot of ONR at home uh, to detail and do a majority of my stuff. I try not to do any heavy decon stuff at home. Um, I always want them to be able to come and play. If I'm using a foam cannon, I want my boy out there spraying and hitting a car with a foam cannon. I want my daughter to be able to use it. I want them to be able to understand this process. And then I thought, gosh, I'm going to learn leather repair. So on my 40th birthday, I took a color lock class on, uh, this last year, I, devoted a lot of time to vinyl wrapping. I've got three classes or two classes scheduled this year here at the rag company for Avery Dennison with Justin Pate through their SW 900 color change clinics. So you can check out Avery Dennison's website for that. Uh, We're also going to be doing PPF here with the new Avery Dennison PPF. So we've got a class for that. Then I set up with uh, 3M and I'm working on 3M classes as well for their vinyl wrapping and their stuff here at the rag company. Um, And next year, my goal is tint. I want to try and get window tinting uh, classes here so that we can start. One, I want to learn. If my boy goes, man, I just love playing with this vinyl wrap in your, you know, I want to start wrapping the cars with you. Cool. Maybe I make a next kid that's a vinyl wrapper that that's all he does. And he goes off and I can help him build a little business and for vinyl wrapping cars. Awesome. If he wants to do window tint and just do window tint, sweet. If my daughter loves window tint because it's not noisy because she's autistic. She's like, man, the buffers, the polishers, the air, I don't like, but I can do window tint because I can put my headphones on and just do this. Sweet. I'll, I'll help her learn how to tint windows. The goal is to just get these, get my trades down spend the next 10 years teaching my kids how to do this stuff on these weekends. Maybe I get a little help on the side, you know, help them clean cars. But um, if I can give them some of my skills and my trades that I can teach them that maybe they use, maybe they don't, maybe they go do something totally different. At least I can pass that along. And in the meantime, I can also hopefully teach others that maybe we're interested. Maybe there's guys in the detail shop or gals in the detail shop that are curious about window tinting, curious about adding PPF, curious about vinyl wrapping, curious about, you know, leather repair and restoration, things like that, which are services now that back in the day used to just be solo shops. And now 
more and more detail shops are encompassing all of this. More and more wrap shops are adding detailers and coding. And, and I mean, it's just, it's, yeah. it's getting cross applications of everything is coming together. And like you said, yeah. a lot of those services were through like recon guys that went to dealerships that did a good enough job to get, you know, right. to get the job yeah. done. Yeah, exactly. We had a guy that would come and do headlights because he was fast and he'd do them for 50 bucks. They'd last one year, but he was fast and quick and he could get headlights done in 15 minutes. And so I'd call him because I could charge my customer a hundred bucks pay him 50, he'd have it done in 15 minutes and be gone. And for me, I was like, that was a killer deal. I made 50 bucks and didn't have to worry about it. But, um, but now we all do headlight restorations now. Now it's, we've all learned all that stuff. But yeah. at the time, yeah, I had a guy, Kelly Scott, I still see a guy locally, he lives in my neighborhood. He was the leather repair guy. That's all he did. He'd drive around in a suburban with his leather repair kit and he'd come to your detail shop or car lot and fix a cut or a tear or stitch or whatever, you know, and now that's all becoming part of it. And so it's, it was just one of those things where I thought, man, I need to learn, I need to learn all this stuff. So, and that's where I'm at now. And then <sighs> I've got my little podcast that I haven't done enough of the, you know, it's consistency here it at work. I get paid for it. So I do it every, I do it twice a week at home. Sometimes there's just not enough hours in the day left. And my brain is just melted and I don't have anything else to say. Um, but my goal for 2022 is to get more, uh, get some more episodes done of the master of shine at home podcast. Um, and that is more me just as a person. It's not, there's some detailing stuff, but it's mostly life. It's just how we're dealing with things, how our weekend went, how our week went, our goals as a family. Um, and my goal this year is to kind of do a little more interviews with folks such as yourself, other detailers, but as parents and just yeah. how we find that work-life balance, our thoughts, our fears, our hope for our children and, and our families and what we can do and make sure that we're always trying to strive for that right balance um, in that, you know, because it's hard for a lot of us. Each one of us has, its, has struggles. My, my daughter's autistic. My son's a type one diabetic. Um, my wife and I still don't sleep, you know, my son's seven years old and that the, the, we have to check his pump and his constant glucose monitor every night and we dose him every night and it feels like we have a newborn still. So, uh, that never went away, you know? So there's, there's things like that, you know, that we're always, we always have to do that becomes part of the life, you know, it becomes a struggle in the life for anything, whether it's financial or, or physical or emotional, it's, it's all those things. So that's kind of what I'm looking at doing with the, uh, with my podcast and just talk to others. And a yeah. lot of it is that it all stems from being that solo guy in the detail shop, just wondering, is there anybody out there that I can talk to that has the same problems I have with this compound, with this towel, with this machine? Um, at the time I only had Tom. And he'd come back and go, no, that's it. Everything should work. Okay, well, I'm having issues. Um, and it basically just a standard dilution of that where I'm, hey, there's got to be other people out there that are having these issues. And I've been able to connect with a lot of folks on it on the internet because of that. It's a positive thing but about social media, right? Yeah, but there's always more of us. You know, there's new detailers born every minute, literally. Oh, God. And 
there's new detailers that are learning about Buff and Shine. They're learning about the right company. They're learning about Flex. They're learning about Rupes. They're learning about all the different companies and brands. And it surprises me because just when I think I don't have anything else left to say, I've said it all. It's on all our videos. And I'm sure you feel the same way, Justin. Like, holy cow, I can't keep talking about this one, <laughs> one technique. But there's always a new person that stumbles upon it and goes, oh my gosh, you have no idea how much time you saved me, how helpful you were. And at the end of the day, that's really all it is about is helping yeah. those folks and helping those customers, you know? So that's yeah, what we the, do. The redundancy does tend to get a little wearing at times with some of the questions and things that you know that maybe we went and figured out on our own because we had resources, whether it be a person or social media or the internet at some level to where we just took it upon ourselves to seek out the answer and found it. Right. Yep. And some of these, some people, I think due to the instant gratification of having it at your fingertips, yeah. to be able to Google or search it. That's all it is. It's no longer, I'm going to do it myself and, and, and do the homework. It's I'm just going to call this person or ask this person. And it's, and it's nice. Don't get me wrong. What's what we're here to do is help people. But sometimes it's some of the simplest stuff that's like, and then you tell them it and then they don't listen. Yeah. It just kind of like they only one listen to respond. The they don't listen to actually absorb it. So yeah. it, it, but you know, that's again, that's that's the, the pros and cons of being in that position where people are listening is that some people will get it, some people won't, and sometimes you have to hit the repeat button for them to completely understand what you're saying. Yeah. Well, and and that's our Thursday. Every Thursday we have our live QA from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. And it's that started was just a way to ease our customer service questions that we get every day. And it's like, Hey, tune in and ask your question and we'll answer it. And that's when we bring on a, you know, we try to have a guest on, we try to have an, you've been on it. And it's just, yeah, we try to just answer any detailing question we can get. And it's surprising when there's some simple, easy, basic questions, but, uh, but that's why we do. That's why the Q and a is every Thursday from 2 PM mountain standard time to 4 PM. And that's just, Log on to YouTube, the Rag Company channel, and ask your question if you have one. Um, and and a lot of detailers put that on their in their shop while they're working because maybe a question pops up that they were like, "Oh my gosh, I didn't even think to ask that." Now I know exactly the answer yeah. to it, and that's yeah. kind of the fun part about it. So and it keeps it fresh, keeps it new, and it's a it's a fun show for us to do, and that's that that really helps. But it also takes a load off customer service because our team can say, "Hey." Why don't you tune in and ask? That's a great question to ask on the show. And that's a cool uh, folks approach, can like. do that. So, and that's, that's what it's for. A lot of people think it's kind of silly and we, you know, why did we do this? But it's, it's really eased customer service because we get a lot, we feel a lot of stuff. And so um, it's nice to be able to hear it from us while we're talking or telling a story rather than one of our customer service reps who are very knowledgeable and very well qualified. Uh, they, it's still, People want yeah, to from hear a, it from, from a us. technician detailer standpoint, it's like I could hear from the customer representative and they can answer it, or I could hear it in the common conversation of some detailers that are just yep. kind of, you know, hanging out, talking and answering questions. And it's like, not that you're discrediting the customer service guy, yeah. but hearing it from them, it's just, there's something that has more weight there for some reason as a detailer, you know what I mean? Listen right. To other yep. detailers. Yeah. So that's kind of it. It's uh, but it's, it, it's been fun. And this has been an, for me, it's, 
I can't believe where we've come from, where we, where we started and where we're at yeah. now. Um, I don't know what the future holds. Uh, my goal is growth across the world. Um, we've got rag company, uh, Europe based in the Netherlands. Um, and they handle all of our European stuff. And then we've got John Hole at Clean and Shiny UK that handles all of our UK stuff. Um, and then Mark Perch down in Australia, who handles Australia and New Zealand at AU Car Care Co. Um, and they help facilitate. They're all geniuses in what they do. And uh, they've all been in the industry for a very long time. Um, and they've all each built their own network out. Each one's very different, but they're all part of the rag company team. And our goal is just to try and increase our visibility. But also, um, that's kind of what I'm looking to transition to in the IDA. So, you know, for the last two and a half years, I've been the CERTCOM chair. And um, my my goal after this, now Clint's going to be taking on uh, CERTCOM. Uh, I'm going to I'm thinking I might want to do chapter development and help grow um, the IDA itself as a whole internationally um, through that. So um, it's been it's been one of those things. But that was me. I started I was in the IDA back in I joined in 2012 and uh, made it a part of my business. And then when I joined this company, I made it a part of the rag company and yeah. We got in the Founders Club and that's, it's just been it, you know, and I've got myself as an RT, Anthony is a CDSV, uh, John Green, who's our COO, is a CDSV, and he did all that on his own. That was the most amazing thing. He took all that stuff, did his tests on his own. Josh Petro, who's our international business development, he's a CDSV, and now he's sitting on the board uh, for the IDA. And then Juan Gonzalez. Uh, who's a CDSV and going to be applying for his RT application here, hopefully in the next month. So um, it's, it's, you know, the company is committed to further, you know, IDA and its education and all of that stuff. And so um, that's kind of our goal too with that is just to, you know, it's a place, it's another place for detailers yeah. to connect. It's another place for, for all of us to make a difference uh, in the industry as a whole and Absolutely. make it better for everybody that comes that comes after us so yeah i mean that's that's really what it is so now where, yeah. where we're at on time as much as i want to continue this because it's it's going it's I'm, I'm enjoying it i always love having time with you in general which is really neat um but as far as um I'm trying to think about maybe covered a lot. Uh, advice. Is there any advice that you have for any of the details? Just something quick and easy uh, for so, those that are listening. Uh, so I have a lot of arthritis. I have a lot of pain and damage uh, from years of buffing, from years of improper technique, years of, you know, running an old rotary. Um, ergonomics are your friends and being ergonomic when you're working, learning how to, how to, uh, use your body, learning how to exercise, Justin, you know, that like it's, it's, I think too many times we get into this lifestyle where we're just working and we're not taking care of ourselves. And that can be mentally, that can be physically, that can be emotionally. Um, I see a therapist, um, I, or I, I've seen it. I haven't seen one in a while, almost a year now, but I saw a therapist for a while. Um, just 
talk things out, talk things through questions, problems that you might be having. Um, I think, uh, you know, as I learn more and more about mental health, the more, I, more I'm trying to take in as much as I can, or at least help in any way I can. I'm, I'm very low on that scale with uh, folks. Um, so don't think that I'm going to uh, a voice of reason in this, but um, I will say that I see, you know, take care of your body. This is the probably best tool that you have in your business. And when you can get to the point in your business where you don't have to detail every day, do it. Um, make that change because it's going to fail. There are going to be parts of you that are going to fail. And it's not like when the buffer, the brushes break on the buffer and you're down a buffer for a day. If your arm doesn't work, if you're hand stops working, if your elbows stop working, it's it's not fun. If your knees go out, your back goes out, it's not fun because it takes you out of the game. And so it's the most important tool you have, uh, your brain and your body and your heart, and you need to take care of them. And so um, if I could do it all over again, I would have seen a therapist more often. If I could do it all over again, I would have... Uh, relaxed a little more. I wouldn't have worked so hard. I wouldn't have uh, had a death grip. I would have gotten gloves with pads so that my hands didn't hurt. Um, now when I detail, I have gloves. I have pressure gloves uh, with palm things on my hands. And I have braces that hold my uh, forearm and my elbows in place so that uh, I limit the amount of trauma on them. Because uh, I have the shoulders, as my orthopedist said, I have the shoulders of an 80-year-old man because of all that tendon damage from, from polishing. Uh, and so I would remind folks to get yourselves checked out, keep yourselves healthy. You are your most important tool when it comes to detailing. And a, and a lot of folks don't think about that. The other thing is don't go on this alone. Don't do this alone. Become friends with the shops around your, around your neighborhood. Become friends with them. Take them out to dinner, plan something where you just go out to eat or host an event at your shop and invite them, become friends with them because they can take on the workload. I have seen so many detailers that go, man, I got my business taking over the city. In the Treasure Valley where I'm at, there's a million people in four surrounding cities. My shop at the height of its business was only doing 4,000 cars a month. And I had six employees, 4,000 cars, or 4,000 cars a year, sorry, not a month, but 4,000 cars total for the year. That is a drop in the bucket when there are 2 million, potential 2 million cars in my area. There is no way I'm going to get all those cars. Absolutely no way. If I only got 4,000 of them and I busted my butt to get those 4,000, no way. And if I try to get 8,000, that's insane. That's oh. insane, oh. right? But that's nothing. Mentally and physically, you're cars. Yeah. yeah, there's two million cars, man. You're never gonna hit that. And once you lay it out that way for detailers, and they see, oh, I'm. We all have an ego. We all have this. You know, once you realize, if you can pair with another shop, if you can become friends with these other detailers, and then you can refer each other back and forth when you're three months out and a customer calls and they're like, shoot, I really was hoping to get in. If you refer them to a customer, they refer a customer to a friend of yours, 
and you say, this guy is awesome or this gal is awesome. I've been doing work with her for years. They do great work. Call them, see if they can get you in. And if not, here's another name that you can call. That goes so much to that customer that you're willing to, to refer them to a good detailer, to another professional detailer such as yourself. That is huge. And so if you can push that and help, I've gotten details where I've given a customer a referral to another shop and that customer has called me back and said, that person was the most nicest, helpful, wonderful. They had nothing but great things to say about you. So I got my car scheduled with them, but I want to get my other car scheduled from three months from now or whenever you're next available. I'll get my second car done from you. Perfect. I still scheduled the detail. And I helped one of my buddies out by scheduling detail and vice versa, because it's a two way, it becomes a two way street. And the more detailers that you can get in your network that work with you, the better it is because it's somebody that you can play with in the sense that you can bounce ideas off of. Maybe they're doing something in their business that you should be doing in your business. Maybe they've taken a training or a class or an education seminar that you need to do. Um, you can become a better business owner. You can become a better detail. You can become probably a better parent, a better spouse. So much stuff that can be done. And it's, we don't have to do this alone anymore. No. That's the biggest thing. So, you know, yeah, of course, man. What is uh, some good plugs for you if people get a hold of you if they have questions? Well, the they can, uh, obviously the rag company, my email is uh, Levi at the rag company.com. You can send me an email. Uh, you can find me on Facebook, Levi uh, Gates, or uh, on my public profile, or Levi Gates on my private profile. You can follow the MOSHQ on there, uh, or the Rag Company. And then the uh, podcast is the Master of Shine at Home podcast, wherever you get podcasts at. And then, of course, tune in always to the Rag Company YouTube channel and the Rag Company podcast YouTube channel. We've got tons of stuff. We're always doing things. Uh, we've got a lot of new videos and we've got TRCMA coming up end of March, first week of April. We're going to be broadcasting live for five days. All our favorite brands are coming to hang out and uh, you'll see it all. So everything that we sell here at the Rag Company, every single brand is planning on being here and attending. And we're going to be, you know, it's basically our media access, our big show uh, with all the new stuff. So that's it. Very cool. Very cool. Levi, thank you. And of course, on behalf of Buff and Chime for being on for the Reflection Artist Podcast. Again, number 59, Levi Gates, uh, Rag Company, or the Rag Company, I should say. Um, but thank you for your time today. I appreciate it. Of course, it. brother. And anybody and everybody who has had the opportunity to listen now and or listen later, of course. So, cool. Well, I will catch up with you. I actually see you at Mobile Tech. So yeah, in a I'll see you in a couple of weeks. weeks. Yeah, so if those aren't going, if you don't know what it is, Mobile Tech Expo Orlando, check it's it worth out. worth it. It's worth it. Well, well, well worth it with the detail industry. Uh, we have yep. a very dominant presence there now. And uh, mm -hmm. IDA and all the major manufacturers that you already existingly purchased through or want to start to and understand their products. It's there. They're there. The reps are there. So thanks again, Levi. And uh, you're welcome, you brother. Tomorrow. Anytime. All right. All right. Take care. See ya. Thanks for tuning in this week to Reflection Artist Live. We hope you had fun and learned something new. If you missed an episode or are looking for more, check us out on our social media or podcast platforms. And join us next week when we have another amazing guest. Don't miss it. We'll be talking business, life, and detailing. Also, don't forget to check out BuffAndShine.com for a variety of buffing pads and accessories for your detailing arsenal.